Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. I'm holding a book right now that came into being after the author experienced a series of events that produced life-changing prayer results. It's titled Prayers of the Righteous, and it's written by Arlinda McGee. And we're going to talk all about this here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. I have Arlinda right next to me. Arlinda, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. It's good to have you here, and it's good to be finding out about Prayers of the Righteous, Arlinda. Can you tell me all about this? Well, I basically put in a book different things that I experienced in my personal life and how my prayer life evolved from just simply getting on my knees, asking a question when things were really hard. And it just kind of evolved from there as, you know, it started out when I was at the age of 25 and it's evolved from there. So that's kind of, I just wanted to put in writing what that experience was like. Mm. Arlindo, what lit that spark? What inspired you to sit down and say, hey, I got to get started on this book. I got to write this and publish it for people. Well, I had already been in position of, you know, inspiring others. And one of the things that I always tell them to do is or expressing them is that prayer life is essential in your day-to-day walk with the Heavenly Father. It's something I always pointed them to. After, you know, we can always talk about what we're going through and the different trials that come with life. Everybody has them. They may not be the same, but people have ups and downs. And what I normally tell people is, you know, the best thing to do is pray, you know, and if your prayer life may not be like my prayer life, but it's simply just opening yourself up to the source that we call the Heavenly Father. And so this has been something that I share with people all the time. And my mother, she's one of my biggest fans. And she would say, you know, you need to you need to write about your experiences and you need to write about the people you encourage and the people you inspire. You need to start writing about it. You need to write down your dreams. So she's been encouraging me for years that why don't you just write about it and why don't you just write a book about it? So I just kind of put that in, start putting that into action, took her advice. Arlinda, would you say that this is primarily meant for a Christian audience or do non-believers have something they can get out of this as well? I think it's for anyone, whether they are of course, I am targeting a Christian audience, but that's the non-believer is for everybody mm. because it's relatable. I did something different by just being kind of raw with my own encounters and the encounters of others that makes it relatable to anybody. And when it comes to writing books and being published and everything like that, Arlinda, are you new to this or have you done it before? No, no, I'm brand new to the publishing aspect of it, but I have been writing for a while, but it's more like my involvement in the local church where I was writing things for the Christian Sunday school programs and different church programs that went on. They came to me to write a lot of different things. And I also have been writing poems for years and journaling a lot. And so as it relates to publishing, this is, I'm brand new, but I've been, I'm, I just love to write. <laughs> Well, congratulations. That's a huge deal to get your book published. Uh, Did this take you a long time to do? It did, because mainly it's the point of getting to a place where you can have a quiet space 
and you can allow your creative energy to open up without a lot of interruptions and things going on in life. You know, it takes time. I would say it took me at least a little more than six months to get everything pulled together. Mm. And after that six months, Arlinda, and all that work that you put into it, what was that moment like that you opened up your mailbox, there was a box in there, crack open that box, and there it is, your first copy, and you get to pull it out and hold it. What was that moment like for you? Uh, well, I'll tell you, I just stood there and kind of stared at it. It seemed almost unbelievable. I can't believe I just did this. So <laughs> it, it was very exciting. You know, like I said, it's like I can't believe it. I did it. And I'm still excited, even when I hold the book now. But, of course, it's just the beginning. And now that you are published, Arlinda, what's the most rewarding aspect for you of now being a published author? Sharing my story with a broad audience is now going beyond just the people I know, just the people I meet, but the people that I probably will never meet or see. That's the most rewarding part for me. I think a lot of readers are going to love this book and really be into it. Again, it's titled Prayers of the Righteous. It's written by Arlinda McGee and published by Covenant Books. You can find it anywhere that you shop for your books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or iTunes, or traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Arlinda, it's been fantastic talking with you tonight. Thank you so much for telling me all about Prayers of the Righteous. Thank you. I appreciate it. I enjoy talking. You know, there's nothing like summer romance. And this next novel we'll be talking about is all about it. It's titled The Summer of My Life. It's written by Paul Howell, and Paul is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. We're going to talk all about this book. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Can you tell me all about the story you've written in The Summer of My Life? It's a kind of little different, only that it's a romance novel that is a non-fictional romance that I wrote about for the summer of 2019 when I met a very special person when I was teaching some graduate courses in Bangkok, and she was vacationing in Thailand. And it was just, it, it evolved from there and without giving away all the details of it. But we had, we had a phenomenal time together and just kind of met that special person. Mm-hmm. Paul, how'd you get the idea to write this story and publish it? I had been talking with a few people and they had said, and this is a novel with what you're telling me. You have, you're traveling to an exotic land and you're over there to work and you just have a chance meeting come out of the blue in this tropical destination that is just ultra romantic and without disclosing other things because of the rest of the story. But it was written kind of in a dedication for this person. And people were saying, this is just, you got to write about this. So I decided I'd go ahead and put the pen to ink, you know, or the ink to the paper, I mean. Would you say then, Paul, that it's romance fans that are primarily going to be interested in this? I think so. I would hope so. I mean, I wrote it and it truly was something that I'm a romantic. And so this whole thing was just like living a fairy tale, to be honest with anybody. Paul, have you written before? Have you published before this? What I've published before wasn't novels. I've written as a freelance author. I wrote for Skin Diver magazine and I had to write a dissertation. So I wrote a book, but it was for my dissertation for my PhD. Nothing that was fun (laughs) or romantic, but it was, uh, yeah, I've done a little bit of writing, but this was something that was just, I just felt that I needed to do. And people were encouraging me that knew the story. Was it a fairly quick write for you or did this take you a while? 
I think it was, I don't know if I'd call it quick, of course, because I was trying to recall every little thing, and but it went together pretty well. You know, the polishing of it certainly takes some time to go through and edit and do everything, but I think it fell together fairly well because it was really fresh in my mind. Do you think you'll be writing more then after this? Have you thought about maybe a follow-up or something a little different? I couldn't really follow up on this particular thing for the reasons which I won't disclose because the readers can find it out if they wish to buy the book. But I do like to write. I've got a couple of ideas and not just romance, but there's uh, I've got a couple of business since I teach business, a couple of business books that I was thinking about. But as far as romance novels, it just depends on if I get, you know, you, you have to get that idea and get the incentive to do it, you know, that there's something there that I think would be a very interesting project to put together. So I enjoy writing and this was something I did from my heart. And if anybody reads it, I hope they take it as such and I hope they enjoy it. But we'll see what happens down the road with anything else. Paul, can you tell me what was going through your head, what you were feeling when you actually got to hold the summer of my life for the first time in your hands and you got that first copy in? What was that like? A range of emotions. It was cathartic in some ways. It was, I was really looking at it when I first saw it. And, you know, of course, the cover and it looked, they did a great job with the thought I had for the design and they nailed it the first time. And I just, I was extremely happy. Of course, there's some other emotions again, but I can't really disclose too much of that, but it was very emotional in, in a different ranges. And I just was, I was glad I went through and, and, and completed it and did what we did with it. So, hmm. I think a lot of readers are really going to be into this book. I encourage people listening right now, go check this one out. Again, it's titled The Summer of My Life. It's written by Paul Howell. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. And you can get it everywhere, of course, Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes, also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Paul, thanks again for coming on the show, telling me about the summer of my life and how you did everything. I appreciate your time. I greatly appreciate the time. Thank you. I really love the positive message in this next book. It's titled Billy Be Nice. It's written by Hannah Gingery. And right now we're going to talk all about it. Hannah's with me now. Hannah, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. It's my first podcast. Oh, well, congratulations. I'm honored to be your first one. Uh, can you tell me about Billy Be Nice, Hannah? What's this book all about? Well, it's just a simple little book. I'm a preschool teacher, so I read a ton of books, and the book was kind of based off of my dad and how he was ornery and stuff he got into. <laughs> and it's just, you know, three-year-olds, I'm a three-year-old teacher. Three-year-olds can't sit very long, so I wanted to make sure it was short and concise, and it told a simple story about being kind, and that's what it's about. Mm. Can you go back and think about that spark? What inspired you to say, hey, I got this great story. I'm, I'm going to start writing this thing. Oh, I don't know. I've always loved books, and I've always loved just writing out stories, and everyone had good stories about my dad when he was little, so that's the Billy in the book. So I just went off of there and I was like, some of the books that I was reading to my preschoolers, I was like, these are really long and they do not have the attention span. So I have longer stories about my dad, but I shortened that one up for this book. When it comes to writing and, and publishing, especially, Hannah, have you ever done this kind of thing before? No, this was the very first time. Congratulations. It's huge yeah. <laughs> to get that first one out there. Uh, did this take you a long time to complete? 
No, writing the story, no, it didn't. It was more, you know, getting it published. That was part took long, but oh, yeah. I knew it wasn't going to be fast. But no, I like writing stories, and so I just had to polish it up a little bit, but then it was great. You mentioned that publishing end of things. What was the most challenging part of that for you, Hannah? I don't know. I mean, it was all, it was a new adventure to me about, you know, knowing how many words to have, having the correct grammar, you know, going over and over in it till your eyes cross, <laughs> you know, but it was a good process. I mean, I would totally do it again. What about the illustrations? Were those a challenge to get those right for your book? Oh, I love my illustrations in that book. It's just vivid and it's eye-catching. My illustrator was great. It took, you know, I only think we talked about twice and then it was done. It wow. was perfect. So uh, being that it was your first time publishing a book, I'm sure you learned an awful lot in the process. Uh, do you have any advice, anything you picked up along the way that you could throw out there for the authors who are just about to do the same thing? Well, I would say don't be rushed. Take your time because this is what is going to be thrown out into the world with your name on it. So don't feel rushed. Take your time. Go over it till your eyes cross <laughs> and enjoy it because we don't get to experience publishing a book. You know, modern times have helped us out with that. And it was enjoyable. Now, what about that moment when you finally got your physical book in and you got to actually touch it, hold it, and look at your name on the cover and everything, Hannah? What was that like? Oh, my word. It was awesome. <laughs> I cried. I couldn't believe Well, when you see a book and it has your name on the front cover. You know, and it was like what was in my brain was looking back at me, you know, my illustrations. And, oh, I couldn't believe it. It was so awesome. And I'm waiting to read it. Preschool starts in two weeks. And I'm going to read it to my class for the first time. So I'm really excited about that. Well, Hannah, I'd be really surprised if you didn't have anything else planned to write. You said you'd love to write so much. And so do you have anything else coming up that you're thinking of publishing? Yeah, I have a couple more Billy Be Nice books in my brain and in my notebook. And then I, if you see the front cover of my book, my two dogs are on it. And I've been writing stories about them. And so I don't know. I've got a brain full of them. So hopefully they'll come actually on a book someday. So we'll hopefully that'll happen. What's the most rewarding aspect for you of now being a published author? It was a dream that came true. It was just it's rewarding and it's exciting. It was just always a dream of mine. And, and I think I've surprised people with it, too. They didn't know I even had it in me to want to do that. Oh, wow. And so that's been enjoyable surprising people, too. Oh, I bet. Well, again, I love the message in this book. I think there are so many people out there that are going to be into this. It's titled Billy Be Nice. It's written by Hannah Gingery, published by Christian Faith Publishing and available everywhere, Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and iTunes and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Now, Hannah, it's been great speaking with you here tonight and finding out about Billy Be Nice, how it all came into being, and I just had a really good time with you. Awesome. Thank you. I had a great time, too. I have a new book here written by Stephen Uslack. It's titled Growing Up Loved. And I'm going to find out all about this book. Stephen is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Steve, welcome. Thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm interested in finding out all about growing up loved. Can you tell me about it? 
Growing Up Loved is a book about basically starting off with my childhood and my father being an immigrant from Yugoslavia. I decided at the age of 82 to start writing a book based on his experience coming to America, being in America, loving America, working for 50 years in the steel mills and never missing a day of work. Wow. My childhood was probably one of the most beautiful childhoods that you can ever find. If you read the book, it's called My Magical Kingdom, and that's basically what it was as a child. It was a magical kingdom, and I was free to roam. Back in the late 40s, early 50s, you didn't have to worry about a child being outdoors all day long and somebody bothering him because you lived in a community where people took care of people. Not much of this happens today. We can go around pointing fingers, but I choose not to do that. I come from a family of 14 children. All of us grew up loved. We respect one another. We don't criticize one another. We try to work with one another. I had five older sisters and two older brothers, and my five older sisters were just like mothers to me. So I was raised by we'll say six mothers rather than just one mother. Wow. Steve, what kinds of readers do you think would be most into Growing Up Loved? I think that anybody would be interested in reading this book, Mm. especially if they were born back in the 40s and 50s. And I challenge anybody to go through the process of writing their stories down. And then hopefully they will have the fortitude to basically look at publishing their stories. I believe that this was a mental enhancement for me because I understand it was during the pandemic that I was writing this. And it helped me escape that world and basically being tied to my computer and being grounded in my home and being tied to my computer, I was able to do the things. But basically, to answer your question once again, I believe anybody could benefit from this book. Mm. When it comes to writing and being published, Steve, is this your first time or have you done it before? Well, I've been published before, but basically textbooks. I'm a retired college teacher, and I published two textbooks while I was teaching at Terrace State Community College in Fremont, Ohio. It had to be quite a moment for you, Steve, whenever that first copy came in of this book. You you got to hold it and look at it. Oh, it was. It was. It was a just basically looking more at the back of the book and seeing a photo of my family. And we often hear of people saying it takes a community to raise a child. And my community was my family Mm. and neighbors and things of that nature, but basically boiling down to being my family. And I can't say enough about coming from a family where you're taught to love one another and respect one another. and. That's just basically the way I was brought up. I was brought up to believe in God, believe in Christianity, and believe in the power of people and the power of being a caring person in a community where we take care of one another. Steve, do you see yourself writing another in the future, more writing and publishing? Well, I'm right now I'm working on a fiction story about a Native American Indian and a Vietnam veteran, a man who basically 
went through the war in Vietnam, came back home to find out that he really wasn't, he didn't get any love when he came back home, but he spent 20 years in the service. But that book is probably about halfway done right now. So I'm working on that book right now. That's where I'm at. Well, like Steve said, everybody will be able to get something out of this book. Again, it's titled Growing Up Loved. It's written by Stephen Uslack. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. And of course, you can get it anywhere, Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes or also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Steve, thank you so much again for coming on the show, telling me all about growing up loved and how you did it all. I had a nice time chatting with you tonight. It was my pleasure, and you have a wonderful day. There are a lot of us who struggle with challenges in our life, professionally, personally, and this just might be the book for us. It's titled Shatterproof, Practical Lessons to Help Navigate Difficult Moments. It's written by Kara Ramirez, and we get to talk all about this right here on the show. Kara is sitting right next to me. Kara, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to find out all about Shatterproof and what you've written here. Can you tell me all about this book, Kara? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the reality is, is like me, many of us are likely struggling in our lives. You know, it could be things like our health. It could be our family, you know, personal or professional. It, it really doesn't matter. But we're all facing challenges in this life. And this book is really designed to help us navigate those challenges and particularly learn how when we actually move over into the passenger's seat and try to stop taking control of our lives or our situations and really relinquish that control and give it to the one who can actually do something about it, when we put God in the driver's seat, how he can help us appropriately or properly navigate those challenges in our lives. Would you say then that this is aimed toward a Christian, a believing audience? I think it would, but it's certainly relevant to non-Christians as well, because Mm. again, everyone has issues, everyone has problems Mm. and struggles that they deal with in life. And so, you know, while there is a faith-based element to the book, there certainly are practical lessons that are relevant to all readers, quite honestly, just Mm. to help us deal with the certain obstacles and again, the struggles that we all face in life. So, Kara, I'm curious, what sparked you to write this? How'd you get the idea for the book? What made you decide to publish it? Well, the reality is, is that I'm an avid learner and really found out that the way that I learn best is when I've got kind of a blueprint or a roadmap to kind of help me do actionable things to help me overcome the difficulties that I'm facing in life. And Mm. so really just thought, what better way than to take the own obstacles I've faced in my own life and really kind of jot down or really write a book that helped other people kind of navigate their own challenges when they were faced with things that, that you know, really just didn't seem like at the moment had a, a really great answer or really obvious answers, really just wanted to provide reasonable, actionable steps or things that they could do to be able to overcome those challenges that they faced. Hmm. And Kara, is this something that you've done before? Have you written or published before, or is this your first time? So this is actually my second book. My first book is called Not My Secret, Triumph Over Tragedy. And so it was a book that I wrote prior to Shatterproof. And really, well, I'm a three-time cancer survivor. And so that book is really relevant towards an audience who's, you know, really battling some health challenges. Although, again, relevant. So it kind of explained my journey or my walk through that process. Mm-hmm. and kind of how I've come out of that. But that really was my first book and then followed up by Shatterproof. 
and from the time you sat down, started writing Shatterproof, clear up until it was published, Kara, was that a long process? You know, I would honestly say the entire process was about a year. And what did you find the most challenging part about the publishing end of things? You know, so many different things are involved. Uh, What was the toughest one for you? What I learned is it's a whole new world. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And the reality is, is I, I was unfamiliar with the process. So certainly dipped my toe in the water with Not My Secret and then again with Shatterproof. But really the process and what it all takes and really wanting to make sure that I was able to convey a clear message to the readers that came across in a relevant way and certainly open the door for God to speak to each individual reader without sounding like I was shaking my finger at someone or giving really harsh criticism, but really just saying, hey, let's all cut ourselves some slack and know that we're all going to face challenges. We're all going to face obstacles. And that's okay not to have it all figured out in the beginning. But really, if we want to do something different or if we want to really start to overcome what we're facing, there's really practical ways to do that that's accessible to all of us. Well, I think this book is really going to help a lot of readers. It's titled again, Shatterproof, Practical Lessons to Help Navigate Difficult Moments. Again, this is written by Kara Ramirez. It's published by Haas and Jenkins Publishing, and it's available anywhere that you go for your books. So head on over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes or down the street, your local bookshop, and find this book. Kara, it's been wonderful talking with you here tonight. Thank you so much again for being here. My pleasure. Thank you. The book I have here is a true story about how a three-day trip turned into a four-month journey of discovery, sorrow, and pain. It's titled, I'm Glad It Was Me, and it was written by Elizabeth M. Williams. And Elizabeth is right here with me now. We're going to talk all about this book. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me here tonight. Thank you so much for having me on Rita House. I appreciate being here. I appreciate you as well. Elizabeth, can you tell me what you've written about in I'm Glad It Was Me? Sure, absolutely. One thing I'd like to say is one of the reasons why I decided to write I'm Glad It Was Me is because I knew that I wasn't the only one who was dealing with or someone who was going to be dealing with the loss of a loved one or someone who was going to be going through this kind of experience. I stepped into the role as a supportive caregiver for my mother who had a host of ailments. She was actually dying of cancer. Mm. The underlying cause of her death was gastrointestinal bleeding, and she also had sepsis. So I knew that this story was going to resonate with other people who were going through something similar or who had faced a similar heartbreak. So that's one of the main reasons why I decided to write my story and to share my journey with other people. Wow. Is this the first time you've written a book or been published, or have you done this kind of thing before? No, I haven't. This is the very first time that I've written a book. This is the first time that I've ever been published. Congratulations, Elizabeth. It's such a huge deal. Thank you. you. Did this take you a long time to do being your first one? You know, actually it did. I started writing the book in 2016. That's when my mother entered the hospital with a host of problems. And I took a red notebook to the hospital with me for the sake of writing down information that our doctors were sharing with me about her condition. And halfway through that point, I said, you know what, this is probably a story that will help someone somewhere in this world who is going through a very similar experience. 
2016, the book was published in 2023, so about just under seven years. And after all that time and the work that you put into it, and being that it's a really personal book for you, Elizabeth, what was it like when you finally got the physical one in and you got to hold it for the first time? Oh, boy, so much excitement. I remember the box came in the mail. I was like, are these my books? <laughs> and they were. And so, you know, I opened up the box and, you know, I put the books on the floor and I was like, oh, gee, you know, finally my book is here. But it was it was a lot of excitement for me. I was so glad that the book finally came to fruition. You know, I shared it with my friends and family, and it was it was just a really, really great feeling because I know so often we have dreams and we have hopes and there are things we want to accomplish in our life. And a lot of times we don't get to fulfill those dreams or we don't get to fulfill those hopes. So I was so excited when my books finally came. Well, now you went through all that for the first time. I'm sure you learned an awful lot along the way. So do you have anything you picked up that you could throw out there as advice for the aspiring authors? The one thing that I would say to anyone who is aspiring to write a book is to, number one, read about the genres that you want to write about. If it's nonfiction narratives, read nonfiction narratives. That doesn't mean you shouldn't read anything else, but if that's going to be your primary focus, then that's what you should be reading. Also, I would encourage any aspiring writer to write, 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 rewrite, write, write, write. Elizabeth, have you thought about another one? What are the chances we'll see more books from you? Absolutely. Actually, I've been working on my second book called Grandma's Prayer. Oddly, that was supposed to be my first book. And um, it's something that I started on when my daughter was about nine years old. So that would be third or fourth grade. And I never did anything with the manuscript. So my daughter said to me, you know, mom, now that you're done with I'm Glad It Was Me, maybe you should pick up Grandma's Prayer and start reworking that. So I'm working on that now, and hopefully it'll be out in about two years. I know this is a book a lot of readers are going to be into. I encourage everybody listening to check this one out. Again, it's titled I'm Glad It Was Me. It's written by Elizabeth M. Williams. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. And of course, it's available everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me here tonight, and tell me about this wonderful book. I had a really nice time. Great. I enjoyed talking with you, and thank you so much for having me on your show. I have a book here that wants its readers to know that love can set them free. It's titled Islands. It's written by Tommy Rakovich. And we're going to find out more about this book. Tommy is right here with me. Tommy, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. I'm glad to uh, be invited. Can you tell me what readers can expect, Tommy, whenever they open up islands? Well, I really wanted to make an exploration of love, God's love and, and the love we have for each other. And it's kind of a long, complicated story, but it, it's really just a story about love. If you've ever been in love or you'll understand it, and it's, that's the whole essence of it. But I just wanted to kind of explore love and give everybody a feeling of it, of what I felt about it anyway. Did you have any certain kinds of readers in mind while you were writing it, or are you thinking this is more of a general thing? Well, no, it's a Christian-based novel. It's strictly based on, on where love originated. It originated from God, and He instilled it in each of us, and I, that was the focus of it, and that's the story I wanted to tell. Hmm. And when it comes to writing, being published, and all of that, Tommy, is this your first time, or have you been there before? 
No, this is my second novel published. I have also write a weekly prayer for our church that I've been doing for about four years. It's published in our bulletin. It's put on our Facebook page or Keppel website page and sent out on an email list. I really enjoy writing spiritual messages. I feel like I should need, like would like to tell anyway. Now, when you wrote Islands, was that a pretty quick process for you? No. My writing, I'm, I'm pretty meticulous about it. That book took me a year. My previous one took me a year. It takes quite a while just to get the story out of your mind, and then I will write and rewrite for months and months until I get it the way I want it and make sure it's edited correctly. And what's it like when you actually get the physical one in for the first time, and you get to hold it, and you see her name on the cover and everything? It must be quite a thing. It's like a newborn child when you're married and you have a child born. It's mm. just an incredible feeling that you you know created this thing, and when you see a book actually in print, and you know it's out there in the public, it's it, it's an incredibly wonderful feeling. That's the most rewarding thing to me about it, is just see it actually come to fruition. Now, Tommy, do you have something else on the docket? Can we expect any more from you here in the future, do you think? I'm currently writing two more, and hopefully if God gives me the time and uh, years, I'll keep writing as long as I can. I, I love to write, and I just feel like I have different stories to tell, but I'm currently working on two more novels, but they'll be down the road before they come out. Is writer's block ever a problem for you? Yeah, it, it, sometimes I just have to just step away from That's why I, I, I like to write multiple things. Sometimes I get too involved in one. I'll just step away from it for a few weeks and work on another project and come back. And it kind of clears your mind. You get a fresh look at it and fresh thinking about it. And I just, I just start a new. Now, when you think about the publishing end of things, it can be very trying. There's a lot to be done there. Tommy, what did you find the most challenging part about the publishing end of things? Well, to be honest with you, when I first started thinking about getting novels published years ago, I started checking and do it myself. And I just didn't have to deal with that. So I just found a publisher to publish my novels, and mm. I just turned it over to them. My expertise is writing, not publishing, and I do what I do best, and I let them do what they do best. Oh, very wise. Now, I'm sure you've learned an awful lot along the way of being published and writing all these books, Tommy. So what advice can you throw out there for the aspiring authors who are listening to us right now? I would just tell them, if you feel a desire to write, then just put your story on paper and just get it out of your mind and just pursue it. I mean, nothing's going to, you're not going to get it right the first time. You're not going to get it right the 20th time, but you just have to keep working at it and work at it. If you've got a story that you want to tell, I would really suggest that anybody just take the time and write. But it will be a labor of love and it will be a long process, but I would encourage anybody, if you really feel like you want to do it, just sit down and start typing away. Good advice. Now, Tommy, are you the kind of writer that has like a set time and maybe a place that you like to write maybe super early in the morning or you stay up early late at night or do you just kind of write whenever you find the time and the inspiration is hitting you? Well, it's, it's more than inspiration. I will sit down and start writing and sometimes the thoughts and words that flow out of you and sometimes you might type a couple sentences and you just have to stop and walk away from it. I've sat down many times and just typed for hours and, and the, the, the words and thoughts just seem to flow out of you. So there's no right time or wrong time. It's just when the words want to come out of you, they will. And that's why I encourage anybody to just sit down and start typing because sometimes you'll, you'll type sentences, sometimes you'll type paragraphs, sometimes some nights you'll type a whole chapter. I know so many readers are going to be blessed by this book. Again, it's titled Islands. It's written by Tommy Rakovich and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. And so you can get it everywhere, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also down the street at your local bookshop. Tommy, really appreciate you coming on the show and telling me about islands and how you do this. I really had a good time. Thank you. I appreciate you asking me. Do you feel like you can't explain a lot of events that happen in your daily life? Well, this is a book that aims to maybe clear some of that up. It's titled, Angels, Saints, and Spirits, 
Through Her Own Experience. This is written by Karen Casimir Shockley, and we're going to talk all about it now. Karen is joining me at the show. Karen, thank you so much for being here. You're quite welcome. Can you tell me about Angels, Saints, and Spirits, Karen? What can readers expect? This is a book about very short stories that really, truly happen to me, my family, or my friends, that indicate there is something miraculous in our world. Many events occur that just can't be explained by merely coincidence. So by imparting these stories, the reader gets to experience secondhand some special times in my life. Hmm. Karen, what inspired you to write this? What gave you the idea? I had come back from a visit with my family, and I just happened to be thinking about all the things that I couldn't explain. And that was it. I just, I always liked writing. And I sat down and in two or three sessions, just wrote the entire book. Now it's a very short book, but it was written from the heart. Did you have a specific reader group in mind when you were writing? I did. I was aiming for the people, I think they're called new inspirational, but they're people that are searching for meaning in this world. Mm. And along with that, as you can guess from the title, Angels, Saints, and Spirits, people that believe in angels, saints, and spirits. Particularly right now, I have found that with the world being in the turmoil it's in, a lot of people are looking to answers and they're looking for things that are related to the Christian faith. Now, Karen, have you ever done this kind of thing before, written and published, or is this your first time? I have published several magazine articles. They were technical. I come from a computer background, but that's when they were very well received and I actually got paid. So that's when I decided that writing could be a good thing. Oh, when you were working on Angels, Saints, and Spirits, was that a lengthy process, or did it happen pretty quickly? It happened very quickly. Once I sat down and started to write, it just kind of all came together. I believe that some of these stories just had been in the back of my mind for years, and once I started to write, they came to the forefront. Hmm. And when that day came and you got that first physical copy in the mail and you got to hold your book and look at your name on the cover and everything, Karen, what was that day like for you? Oh, it was absolutely wonderful. I just felt that I achieved something on my bucket list. Hmm. So that was a, just a very special day. Do you think you have more books in you? Can we expect maybe some more in the future? Absolutely. I'm working on a second one that not only relates miraculous happenings, but also talks about the roles of angels and saints in our lives and their interconnection with ourselves, our spirits, and how our spirits are capable of sending out messages into the world, mostly how we're all interconnected. And now that you have this book out there for the world, Karen, what's the most rewarding aspect for you of now being a published author? All the positive feedback that I got and the people I met, I did not expect to meet such great people as a benefit, Mm. but it's just been so great. And I am a reader. I've always been a reader. I used to buy my book based on how long they were, because then you got more, you know, more pleasure out of reading them. I like it. And here, 
yeah, here I learned that some people like short books. And I had many people come up and say, you know, I was able to read this a story at a time. It made me feel good. Thank you very much. Well, I think a lot of people will be blessed by this book. Again, it's titled Angels, Saints, and Spirits, Through Her Own Experience. It's written by Karen Casimer Shockley. and It's published by Christian Faith Publishing, and so it's available everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Thank you again, Karen, for coming on the show and telling me about your work. I had a nice time talking with you. You are quite welcome. Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, I have Mary I. Yingling. Mary, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Thank you for asking me. It's my pleasure. I just wanted to congratulate you on having a new book out in stores for everyone. and It's called Naaman and the Captive Maid. Mary, can you tell me what the book's all about? It's about the Bible story about Naaman, the Syrian officer who captured a Hebrew maid and took her with him, and then she became his wife's maid. Mary, how did you get the idea to write this? What inspired you? Well, I was taking care of my husband's aunt who had Alzheimer's, and so I was tied up doing a lot of nothing except taking care of her, and so I had a lot of time on my hands. And I've been writing poetry since I was in seventh grade, and I thought, hey, maybe I'll sit down and try taking a Bible story and turning it into poetry, and that's what started me. Mary, did you have a certain target group of readers in mind? No, I just, at the time, I was just filling my time up because I had nothing really to do other than take care of her. And I love writing poetry anyway, and so I just, that was the first story I picked, and I started writing, uh, reading the story in the Bible, and then as I was reading it, I was turning it into poetry. Hmm. Once you started writing, Mary, did it take you a long time to complete? No, not really. About three weeks, maybe. And when it comes to writing books and being published, Mary, have you ever done this kind of thing before, or is this your first time? No, I had done this and several other Bible stories, and I was showing it to one of the uh, missionaries at church, and he says, you ought to get that published. And so he helped me. I published it first myself, and when I got the books back, they had spelled on the cover of all the books, they had spelled the name Naaman wrong. Oh, no. Well, I knew I couldn't sell them that way, so I just gave up the whole idea and gave the books away to people who were interested. And then after my husband died, I moved here with near John, and John got a hold of it, and he says, we need to get these published, and that's when he sent it to you. And what was it like when that first physical book came in, Mary, and you got to hold Naaman and the captive maid in your hands for the first time? It was exciting. I really, I was really excited about it. I really want the books to be read, and, and I want God to get the glory for them, and I hope it brings people closer to the Lord. Mary, are you working on anything now? Can we expect another book from you? I have Noah and Jonah that I'm working on right now. Oh, also, I have just sent to you a book called Ruth and the, and the Kinsman Redeemer. Fantastic. Well, being that you've written and, and been published here a few times now, Mary, do you have any advice that you could offer to the first-time authors listening? No, I just think that they should go ahead and write their book and then try to get it published. That's the only thing there is to do. And I shouldn't have waited so long to try to get it published through a publisher. 
And Mary, you have a lot of work out there. For you, what's the most rewarding aspect of being a published author? It's being able to do something for the Lord, and I hope that people will buy the book and read it, and I hope it'll get them reading their Bible. Mary, who inspires you in your life? You know, obviously your relationship with the Lord is a big part of it, but do you have people around you who are there to help you along? Yes, I have a lot of friends who enjoy my poetry. I do my own Christmas cards, and I write all kinds of poetry for weddings and for a lot of things. I have written a lot of poems. Mm. They all encourage me to keep doing it. Mary, do you do a lot of reading yourself? I, I assume probably the Bible, you do a lot of reading from there, but are there other things that you find yourself reading as well? I like to read Christian literature. I like to read Christian fiction. I like to read history books, and I love to read my Bible. Well, I know a lot of readers will be blessed by this book, and I encourage everybody listening to go seek this one out. Again, it's titled Naaman and the Captive Maid. It's written by Mary I. Yingling, published by Christian Faith Publishing, and it's available everywhere that you find books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Mary, thank you again for joining me here tonight and telling me about this book. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you for calling and talking with me. Speed of Light. It's the first in a new sci-fi trilogy written by Stefan Durham, and we're going to talk all about it right here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Stefan is here with me. Stefan, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Oh, no problem. It's an honor. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time, Stefan. Can you tell me all about Speed of Light? What's this book all about? This is a sci-fi fantasy that I thought would be popular because sci-fi is pretty popular nowadays. And uh, I thought it would work just well out here uh, publicly. But, you know, I just this is my first book. So hmm. I thought it would be a good start to my first edition. How long being your first book did this take you? Was it a long process for you, Stefan? Well, it took me a little bit under a year to write it, and I took even some breaks, but no, it didn't take very long, you know. I love to write. It just sort of came naturally to me. Yeah, I'm excited about the results. When you sit down to write this, Stefan, did you know how the plot was going to go from beginning to end, or did you have kind of a spark of an idea for the plot and start writing about it and see where it went? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, it started off as just a, a, a fun project. And yeah, it sort of took off from there. Uh, it's a collection of just different ideas and scientific theories that I like to think about and contemplate. And then uh, I just created a story out of it all. So I kind of just kind of freestyle wrote the whole book, you know, uh, it just came to me little by little. And sometimes I write down different ideas and I just piece it all together like a puzzle. Yeah, I created a story, which I think will do very well, because it has a little bit of everything in there. And when you think about the publishing end of things and all that's involved in that, Stefan, what did you find the most challenging part of it? Well, I wrote it by hand. Typing is not my strong suit. Yeah, I wrote the entire book by hand. At first, I didn't know where this might go, but I took a chance. It was a little terrifying to send in a notebook just full of handwriting to the publishing house, but they, they actually accepted it and, and offered me a contract. So if they liked it, then it, it must be good, you know? So I'm excited about uh, other people read this story as well. What was that day like for you, Stefan, whenever you got the first one in? You got to actually hold your book and look at it for the first time. It must have been exciting. 
Oh man, it was very exciting. I didn't know uh, what to think. You know, I was I was sort of in shock. You know, because you know this is a big accomplishment for me. So yeah, it was it was very important to me for this to uh, happen. It just shows me that uh, I can go ahead and pursue a career as an author now, mm. and to be a published author is 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 amazing for me. What's the most rewarding part of that for you of of being a published author now? Well, the most rewarding part is to just know that I'm showing my children that anything is possible. A lot of people find it difficult to write a whole book these days. Uh, but for me, it just kind of came easily and naturally. So it was important that I passed that milestone in my life and, and made that achievement. It was very exciting. We talked about this being a trilogy. How Do you have those planned out? Do you know how those ones are going to go? Or are you just going to kind of go with how you're writing at the time? Like I said, it just started out as a fun project. But then when I fell in love with my own story, I decided to go further with it. And, and, it's, and it's sort of a short read because who has time to read a, a long story these days anyway? Mm. That's why I decided to make it a series so that people have something to look forward to and anticipate as the story continues to unfold. Oh, I like it. And I'm sure you learned an awful lot, you know, publishing, writing for the first time. Stefan, do you have anything that you learned that you could throw out there as advice for the first-time authors who are listening to us? Well, this book is a representation of what challenges we all face in modern society, whether it's socially, economically, politically, and even globally. So I'm hoping that it raises awareness about these topics so that people can start conversations about these certain topics. And maybe it will wake something up inside of people that can pay attention to what's important, which is love, justice, fairness, and what it means to be emotionally balanced. And those are some of the strong messages that I put inside the book. And I know readers of sci-fi fantasy are really going to love this trilogy and should pick up this first book. It's titled Speed of Light. Again, it's written by Stefan Durham and published by Newman Springs Publishing. You can get this book anywhere, Amazon or Barnes & Noble, iTunes, or even traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Stefan, it's been great having you on the show and finding out all about this book and about what you got going on. Thanks again for joining me. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. I really appreciate this opportunity, and it's uh, very exciting. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podserve, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. 